This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Doesn't matter if it's punk, metal, or rock. Rockabilia is your one-stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from. Hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else with the largest selection of music merchandise available in the world. Doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autograph items, patches for your battle vest. Rockabilia will have you covered. And everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting the artists. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. So for your punk, metal, and rock memorabilia, there's only one place to go. www.rockabilia.com
is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your host, Brandon Hahn and Petter Speich. Yeah, Metal Sucks Podcast, guys. Uh, Brandon Hahn is across from me. I am Petter Speich. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I introduce myself. You do. You do. Uh, and Jocelyn Sharp, uh, you, you took her name out of the... Whoa, that was... Yeah, that was abrupt. Sorry about that. That was a little <laughs> broke, for sure. Uh, Jocelyn Sharp is on tour right now doing her comedy thing, guys, so she is not uh, here this week. But uh, And Brandon, for some reason, you took her name out of the opening. No, 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 because well, she's not here. Oh, so that's how we do things. I guess that so. That makes sense. I think we should just do all three names all the time. Uh, well, then, all right, fine. Going forward. We'll anyway. go over like... Petter Spike, Brandon Hahn, and the person that's not here, Jocelyn Sharp. <laughs> and this week, guys, we are interviewing Rita Haney, uh, Dimebag, Daryl's uh, girlfriend. All the years we get to talk about Dime, I always love celebrating that life and always uh, having those conversations. Uh, what we are uh, promoting this week for sure is Dime Vision Volume 2, Roll With It or Get Rolled Over. It is out this Friday, November 24th. It is a CD-DVD combo. You do get five uh, songs on that CD that have not been released before, so it's it's definitely something exciting for our community to to experience this Friday coming up. And uh, yeah, great talk with Rita. So obviously we uh, normally do a bit, but this week, guys, uh, one of the greatest, I think, hands down rhythm guitarists of all uh, time did pass away. Uh, Malcolm Young he passed away at the age of sixty four after battling uh, a three year bout with uh, dementia. Is kind of what uh, attributed to that. And um, you know we. Uh, we, we really uh, don't know what to say besides like the legacy of what he left behind is one of the greatest and hands down unfuckable legacies in the history of rock music. Well, that's how you put it? Unfuckable? Can't fuck with ACDC. Okay. He can't fuck with ACDC. Cannot well, and, fuck with ACDC. And here's the thing with a, here's the one thing with Malcolm Young. Like you want to talk about someone who was the band like behind the scenes, but you know, you never got never was barely ever featured on the, the screens it was always brian johnson it was always angus yeah but malcolm wrote or bon scott pre- or yeah. bon scott yeah. previously before that but i'm saying but malcolm wrote so many it's so many of their hits it's like a very similar conversation when hanneman passed right because like carrie king and Araya are always yeah. in the front and lombardo and hanneman was like kind of the least vocal member but he was so important and malcolm young is exactly like you said um uh uh Dude, let's just go down Vital. the list here. This is just me looking up how, all these songs that he wrote. Let's see here. Uh, Are You Ready? Back in Black, Big Balls, Big Guns, um, Can I Sit Next to You, Girl. Love that song. Dirty Deeds. Come on, dude. I mean, what kind of a fucking dead, a, on, what kind of a dead on the inside individual doesn't love Dirty Deeds? <laughs> I mean, really. I don't care what yeah, like that you song are, yeah, you is are, getting you. You are a, the fucking very first that... You know, dude, if you don't love that song, you're a soulless husk of a human being. That's how I feel about you. For those about to rock, we salute you. We almost played that, but that was their Bon Scott tribute. tribute, But he wrote it. Malcolm Young wrote that. Yeah. Uh, Girls Got Rhythm. Uh, there's, a, there's, it's so funny because when you watch, when you look at ACDC songs, it's always like, okay, rock is always going to be in the, the title. Mm-hmm. You know, something about drinking is going to be in the title. Oh, something about girls. <laughs> something about girls always going to be in the title. <laughs> like it's ACDC, let's see man. Here, dude. Yeah. Uh, Hell's bells have a drink on me. High voltage, highway to hell. If you want blood, great song. It's a long way to the top. I mean, come on. When is uh, the bagpipes never sounded better in that song? Jailbreak kicked in the teeth. Uh, dude, it's, uh, the list goes Money Talks, on Night Prowler. That's probably my favorite ACDC yeah. song because Angus fucking 
murders it on that song. Night Prowler, love that track. That was the track that Richard Ramirez said inspired him. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll give a serial killer some credit <laughs> on our saying. on our ode to Malcolm. It makes him sound so rock. But I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, I don't even. I, I, if we go down the whole list. No, you don't. We don't have to go down the list. Like That's I said, his legacy is unfuckable, man. You can't mess with it. You know, um, and anybody. I don't think there's ever going to be a kid the rest of humanity or 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 life that's not going to go down that ACDC rabbit hole forever. They're well, like a Zeppelin. Well, that's like what I'm people saying. will always listen to this band. Like when you look at when you look at what ACDC brought to rock and then metal. I mean, a lot of people don't want to. They, ACDC is your your quintessential rock and roll band, but they had that edge before anyone else was doing it. You oh, know no, what their mean? attitude, their style. Their attitude and their style, that finger in the air. Yeah. Like all the other songs are like, I just want to hold hands. And here's ACDs go, no, I want to fuck. I want to drink. I want to fuck. I want to fight. And it was like, that's what their songs were about. Yeah. But dude, they were excellent. They were excellent. You know, and they lived by that. It's like, and then not only that, they were living it. They were living that life. And you're talking about ACDC in past tense. Yes. You notice that, right? Yeah. Is that how we feel, though? Do we feel like with the past, all the Dude, things that have when happened, Brian, Brian Johnson, Johnson left. I mean, when uh, Brian Johnson left, it's that was pretty much when I was like, dude, I don't know how you're going to come back from this. Obviously, Malcolm hasn't been with the band. For like three. Uh, I think 2014 is when he left. Yeah. So it was probably like three or four years. So ago. it's been about three. Yeah, it's been three to four years. But it's like, you know, you look at what that band brought and you look at what I, I would love to see Twitter right now. I haven't even had a chance to scroll down it. But I mean, I, God I've never knows. said what you just said out loud ever. But go ahead. Well, I, I know. But I'm saying, but the thing is, though, is that's how that's where you could see all the releases from all the other bands and all the other artists. Oh, yes. I just understand. saying, you know, how amazing Malcolm Young was and what that band is. You know, and it's just just like we we brought up the Henneman thing, and just like that, Malcolm Young. I mean, if he didn't write those songs, how many other songs would not have been written after songs like uh, you know TNT? Yeah. There's another that was another song that too. that he wrote. I mean, every time every time you hear that, oi oi, dude. If I'm walking into a bar. And I mean, and imagine, I mean, I want him to have like saloon doors. You know what I mean? It changes your walk. It changes my fucking your walk, Your rhythm dude. changes to his guitar. Exactly. You're exactly I, I, right. It's like, yeah. I just want to walk. Like if there's any entrance song, like all of a sudden, like, you know, if you could pick a song to walk into a bar and just have everybody stop and look, you know what I mean? And then maybe like you throw a switchblade across the room and hit the dartboard or whatever, you know, like something really nasty. Every badass wrestler's opening theme is based on ACDC rhythms. Exactly. Everyone. Exactly. I've, I've always said that. Stone Cold's Walk, I, and I'm not going to go down the list, but like any any of those songs is just, dun it dun It's all yeah, ACDC dun, rhythms, man. Dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. Dude, man. And the thing is, is this is what makes ACDC so great. When everybody picks up the guitar, you can learn those rhythms within a couple of weeks. Mm. Granted, they don't sound, maybe with the exception of like Thunderstruck, but I'm talking about like Dirty Deeds. I'm talking about TNT, yeah. things like that. Those are very easy. Those are very easy guitar structure, you know. But the fact is, is no one made them sound that good, except those guys. Yeah. No. There's- Malcolm and Angus. No one made it sound that good. Did you want to talk about great, uh, you know, brother, you know, sibling siblings in, in metal? Yeah. I mean, it's like, dude, Chris the- and Rich Robinson, right? <laughs> 
right. I like exactly. the black crows. I love the, the black crows. Exactly. I'm sorry. Exactly. The guys from Oasis. Yeah, Liam and Noel. Yeah. yeah. But, no, but, but Angus I mean, and Ang- Malcolm. Uh, Angus and Malcolm are up there. I mean, there it's like uh, you know Vinny and Dime. Oh yeah. And it's just like you know you think of Alex and Eddie. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like you look at you look at these 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 duos that are brothers, and it's like I don't know. There's something special about that, and I think that I don't know, man. If I'm Angus Young, like I. I understand. I understand that you're a guitar player, and that's what you do, and and the show must go on. But man, it's. Do you think the show must go on at this point? I I mean, how do you really feel? Like if if AC, we saw ACDC luckily last on the last tour with Brian Johnson. Yeah, two weeks before before Brian Johnson left, we saw him. We saw him. They. I mean, God damn, they're so good live. Murdered. That's why I want. Even if Axel's touring, that's why I'm like, I want people to experience. That fucking band live, like I do, dude. But it's not. I know it's not the same. There's something about Brian Johnson. There's, and it's like oh, Brian Johnson's a Brian phenomenal Johnson, front. That's man. the thing, dude. Yeah. How many times in music history? How many times in music history have they replaced a frontman and things? Went like I can think of a couple of times where they replaced a frontman and it worked. Like a Van lot. Halen, I think a few times. I'm, uh, I'm Van not, Halen worked. Oh dude, no, 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 hey, no, no, no. Van, oh, you're talking about Van Hagar, right? With Sammy Hagar? Van Hagar. Yeah, that didn't work for me. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it didn't work fine. for you. But they sold more records with Van Hagar. Oh, they that's, did. That's true. they did. I'm, I'm, so I'm they sure sold they more were. records with Van Hagar than with than when it was Van Halen with Diamond Dave. And then uh, you know you look at that. Obviously ACDC. I mean, for them to have all these legendary songs with Bon Scott, and then, I mean, one of the great rock anthems of all time is Back in Black, another Malcolm Young song that he wrote. It's just, very rarely does that happen. I, 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 I and this is one of those deaths Do you have any like, others? Do you have any other ones that you could add, like other lead singers that have left that, that were a band? Uh, Faith No More? Yeah, I mean, Faith it's no like, More, I don't Patton want... Yeah. The, yeah, I know Mosley just passed, and uh, yeah, but there, there's a lot, I think, on the second singer that has worked out. I think the list will, will continue on a long way uh, for the second singer. But um, the third singer is where we get a little iffy on. But you know what? Van Halen tried to do with Gary Sharon, and it failed miserably. Like, the second you get into that third singer territory, like, dude, just, it's a wrap. I mean, I, dude, for me, I'll listen to Women and Children. For I'll listen to those Dave, David Lee Roth records till death. They're the greatest thing ever. But I never, ever even enjoyed one record with Sammy Hagar. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is... <laughs> I know though, it worked on him on a financial level, and in the 80s, that was something that worked well, on him. It was 90s, I, but... Uh, it was... it was No, it was it 90s. Was at, it was like, you're right, okay. So, um, it was late 80s, 90s, but the point is that um, it was a different band to me. Yeah. Anyways, back to ACDC, though. It, it wasn't a different band. Somehow, they kept that... They managed to keep they, the magic. They, 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 they kept the transition where it's like, yo, this works. It's the same band. I mean, obviously, the front men are completely different. We never saw Bon Scott live. You know, we, ne- we were too young oh, for, yeah, for something like that. But uh, um, that's what I felt. I really felt that the transition worked because it's still ACDC, and that's because of Malcolm Young, because of Angus Young, because of what, what the, uh, the melodies that the singers brought to ACDC never stuck in my head as much as those rhythms those guys had it going. Speaking of speaking of bands that have gone to their third lead singer, mm. Stone Temple Pilots just announced their new lead singer. Wasn't that like the most? I don't even want to talk about. It, it was the most anticlimactic yeah. thing ever. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's like, it was like the funny thing is that it was Jeff Gutt from one of those reality singing shows, The X yeah, Factor, no, no, right? No. I mean, who cares? But I mean, it's like you know, I feel bad for the guy because he's got to follow you know Scott Weiland, obviously Chester, and then now this. It's just 
dude, is anybody going to go check out that band? You're on the third lead singer. How do you even make that happen? I mean, I'm not people saying... People will see this people band will go live, see them. but they aren't relevant anymore. They, they aren't relevant anymore, yeah. and it's sad because, like, the DeLeo brothers really are good. Oh, no, they're great. They're really good. I'll tell you right now, if they put out a new record with this guy, I'll buy it. I'm not going to even hesitate to buy it, but, like, am I excited about it? Nah, man, because, like you said, you can't really top what was, uh, what was done in the past, mm-hmm. and so it just... Hey, I bought the the Skid Row EPs with the Sollinger, and I actually liked them a lot. Those United, whatever I forgot the names of them, but they were good, man. The two yeah. EPs they put out, they're really good with Sollinger. I know they're on like ZP Threats, their singer now, but hey, they kicked ass, dude. Are they as good as fucking anything with Bach? No, You're right, not even close. Right? right? I mean, I'm just saying it's just a different level. So uh, I'll always support a band if they continue forward. Um, you know, I, I can't say the only band that really, really got it right for me was Queensryche. You know, I love the last two Queensryche records so much with the new singer. But anyways, to digress back to what we're talking about, Malcolm Young, I really think that this passing is, is a sad one, but it seems like a more humane one because of what he was dealing with. And I think that it, in a lot of ways, uh, the airwaves are just going to be everybody's going to be listening to ACDC and it's always going to be a good thing. And I, I, it, it saddens me on this level is that what we talked about with many interview guys and we talk about on the show all the time is that nobody's going to replace the ACDCs. Nobody's going to replace no. the Judas Priest, the Maidens, the Metallica. And I see one of those forefront bands slowly slipping away, uh, which is ACDC and I, or, or Guns N' Roses. You know what I'm talking about. The stadium-filling rock bands. Oh, dude, right? that's a wrap. That's and, not going to um, happen ever. We will never have another stadium rock or metal band again because that's not what makes the record companies money what ends up happening is is with the record companies that do put on the stadiums they'll put some teen you know it's your taylor swifts and all that stuff where it's like it's one person they only got to worry about one person they set them up with a different producer and they're able to pump out cheese dick music after cheese dick song after cheese but dick song hey man the supply and demand i always say when there's things that i i disagree with in society that that really hurt my feelings the only reason it's it's working is because people want it you right. know you know we're like i said we're we're in a city we're in a different right. part of the world we don't understand 46 states you know like <laughs> of how people live in this country uh or how people on a day-to-day basis 46 states 44 i don't know how, how many states are not you know i'm talking about we're, we're are city, you saying how many states folk. are in america no we're city folk i'm talking oh. about how the rest of the world oh. you know Oh, the rest of the states do their things. We're, we're just different minded. We're, dude, to live in Vegas or to live in Mississippi, it's a, it's a different world, man. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying anything negative about anything. But what I'm saying is that the demand is there for exactly what you said. We need the demand to be there for Malcolm Young and Angus Young like it was back in the day for the, a new breed to come up. That's what we need. But you're right. We don't see it happening. And it, it, it hasn't happened in almost, I mean... 20 years well, now well, since, but, yeah. since for, for rock music. Yeah. It's been... You know why? And it's because because these record companies, they don't give these bands enough time to grow. You know, they just... They, they, they don't put... I, they don't, I, they I'm going to blame the fans on this. I think they're, they want like the... What, they want what they know. That's why I think, and, and not dogging anybody, that's why something like Five Finger Death Punch can get so riled up is because it sounds like so many things they know. It's familiar to people. It's not super like original or something like that you know i don't think people want original because they don't care about you're music right about anymore. that they you're don't right care about, about the art of music they but just the same, want something simple but at the same know? time though it's like where do we go where did we go because every single effect that I, you could possibly imagine has been used on a guitar every single one every single one so where do you go from here 
Like, how many new sounds can the human mind actually create? And I'm not saying that we can't, but now we're to the point where, okay, let's just turn down the treble just a little bit, and we'll turn down the bass just a little bit. So it sounds a little bit different from this sound, and it doesn't make us look like complete hacks. I mean, that's all we're doing. It's just a tweak at the knob now. It's not about the sound. It's about the audience. It's about the artist. And that's what will always Uh, move everything it's always about the sound when you're talking about music it's always about no the sound. i'm saying I'm, well the originality of the sound i guess is what i'm saying but you're right about that because but again, i don't think we can get original but man all those things that we dealt with growing up that the new generations are all i'm saying is is when's the last time you heard a song okay i'll never forget where i was when i heard pantera's fucking hostile mm. and the feeling that overtook me i was like what the fuck is this you know like what you know like when's the last time you heard a song like that that made you do that. Well, it's, it's where when it was I, so when original. Have, when I didn't have a, a, a cell phone in my hand with a computer that distracted me from everything I do, probably then. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you blame? <laughs> no, I don't blame that at all. all right. I'm just saying there's a lot more distractions in, in modern day society. You're than, right about that. Than for us. So anyways, uh, moving on, guys, right before our interview with uh, Rita Haney talking about Dime Vision. Uh, just want to do a quick read. This one's very relevant. So Metal Boat Records will release the follow-up to 2006 poignant Dimebag Daryl video memorial set, Dime Vision Volume 1. That's the fun I have, dubbed Dime Vision Volume 2. Roll with it or get rolled over. The DVD set includes more raw footage, true gems, and classic moments with five previously unreleased demos. Preview your copy now at metalblade.com slash dimevision metalblade.com slash dime vision mm. and that is coming out this friday november 24th guys go over there pre-order it right now let, let that thing happen right after thanksgiving when your belly's full and enjoy your your boy dime doing his thing man all right one of the greatest of all time all time all time forever no unfuckable yeah. with the unfuckable god damn yeah not unfuckable not unfuckable jesus and we're trying to create new words I, vision I, and vision <laughs> unfuckable <laughs> and with that guys let's jump right into my interview with uh rita haney hey everybody it's petter here peter sorry with the metal sucks podcast uh i got rita haney on the phone we are here to talk about dime vision Volume 2, Roll With It or Get Rolled Over. It's coming out November 24th. Uh, Rita, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Awesome, man. How about yourself? Oh, I'm good. Like I I was just telling you, I'm really excited to talk to you. It's going to be a fun interview. But uh, So it's been 11 years, right, since uh, Dime Vision Volume 1. So tell us that whole journey. You know, it's really strange. It's like I just didn't even... Like, you know, to even think that this year on December 8th will be 13 years just does not seem, I'm like, I don't know where the time has gone. You know, it still seems like yesterday to me. And, but yeah, the time definitely got away from us. You know, that was not ever our plan. We really wanted to do this yearly. And I don't know, just so many factors, you know, uh, Vinny, you know, putting together Hell Yeah, and then going on tour. And then Bobby Tongs was out with Marilyn Manson and then Slipknot for a really long time and and then I myself you know we were doing all of the festivals of mayhem and uproar and you know with Dimebag Hardware and you know just doing some other bands as well and yeah it just I don't know I don't know where the time went but you know we're back on track a little more focused you know that does help with the time going by so uh 
yeah, it, 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 everything fell into place. It was time to move, and so yeah. here we are. And you got Metal Blade Records putting it out, and there's also going to be a CD uh, with this uh, volume. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's on that CD, what, what kind of what it contains. Um, well, basically, uh, you know, Daryl was just a music lover of all types of music, and, uh, you know, even if he didn't like some, he still found a way to have fun with it, and he appreciated it, you know? Um, but, yeah, it's it's not... You know, it's not the Pantera. It's not, you know, Lost Damage Plan. It's not anything like that. And I think also, you know, with the time going by that that it, it will help people. Now that they've, you know, really got to know Daryl, I would say a little bit more, you know, with Don Vision and, and seeing him at home and that kind of thing. That, you know, what he did on stage wasn't, you know, a stage persona. That was just the way he lived 24 hours a day, you know. I mean, he's that what you'd call a true reality star, you know, I would, I, I think, you know, like he didn't need somebody to script or write, you know, a moment in his life, you know, he made that happen already. You know, I think in today, if he was here and with all the social medias and Snapchat and Instagram vids, I mean, he'd have a blast with that stuff, you know, but uh, yeah, as far as the tracks go, uh you know, music was just something he did all the time, whether it was parodies, making fun of another song, uh, just having a good time, uh, writing about just whatever was going on in the moment. And, you know, it's kind of, it's a variety. I mean, we threw a, a tune in from 1986. It's got these horrendous uh keyboards on it <laughs> and, uh, but but if you get past those um it's you know the, the lyrics to the songs are really really cool i mean they pretty much embody the, the way his spirit and soul were and you know and and plus he just sings his ass off his pipes sound pretty damn kick-ass on that little little 80s tune but uh plus its placement in the video is pretty hilarious so once you see where it is you'll constantly have that just burned in your mind so uh and that's, uh, that's yeah. exciting because that's what I'm hoping for. Because when we got Dime Vision Volume One back in the day, it was just a reminder. I was lucky enough to see him, you know, with Pantera, with Damage Plant on Kill. that stage. So I've seen I've seen him, and, and it's like you can't convey the immediate smile. I remember when the curtain was closed at the Damage Plant show. You would just I just heard him say Dime's mic like on the mic check, and I was just like, oh, you know, if that's the 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 presence yeah, it's like some hair stand up on, on your arm you know yeah and, and i'm the same way it's like just just being a big fan you yeah know? that's and so his legacy like i said he left a huge legacy uh with his time here and uh he was obviously very very driven because i mean there's so much stuff that he did in in that entire uh time there but uh do you think partying ever got in the way of accomplishing certain things or do you think he just always uh, managed that really well you know, of course it did, uh, but <laughs> but you know, sometimes you wanted to kick yourself in the ass because you felt like shit and you had to get shit done. But he still got it done and he still made it happen. But but yeah, you know, sometimes that that uh, I guess party vibe was a weight on your shoulders. You know, I mean. People been waiting a whole year to see you, and, and he'd come to town, and you know, and just be hungover as hell from the night before, and step off the bus, and there'd be somebody there with you know, a bottle of seven or a bottle of crown, going, "Dude, I've been waiting all year," and he didn't want to let anybody down, and it just wasn't his style, and you know, so he didn't. But yeah, I'm sure sometimes he <laughs> wished he he uh, oh wasn't that god sized when it came to <laughs> to black tooth grins, but. Uh, but yeah, 
it he still always you know never let anybody down yeah there there, there is a there is a work ethic to partying that i think a lot of people don't realize it's like you got to really be oh, able boy. to make it <laughs> so. they, they don't and you know and the older you get the rougher it gets mm. i don't i mean you'd think it would be easier but it's not <laughs> That is a good point. I I I completely a hundred percent agrees with you. It's like you would think, hey, I'd get used to this a little more, but now it's like a hangover. It does take me three days, maybe. I feel back to normal. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, I can't even focus the next day. You're so indecisive. You don't want to make any kind of business decision, or you know, it's just yeah, it, it's a it's a rough one as you get older. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So as volume two, as you guys were putting this together, and it's been, I, I remember hearing about it back in, you know. Oh six, oh seven. So it's been you yeah. guys have been working on it the whole time. Um, when was yeah, just kind of okay. off and on sporadically, you know. And and Bobby was constantly, you know, uh, viewing tapes. Uh, you know, there was a couple of us, you know, that would uh, view tapes and set stuff aside. But you know, pulling it all back out when you let that much time go by, you're just like, oh, oh yeah, oh shit, I forgot about this. And you know, and then of course there's stuff Bobby shot that I hadn't seen and stuff I shot you know, that he hadn't seen. So it's, it makes it even more magical because, you know, you get like new things happening. So it's like he's here fresh with you every day, you know. So and it's it's really emotional, but it's by far way more hilarious and funny to get to, you know, be part of this and go through these things that, you know, the second you feel like you're getting suffocated and choked up, you know, you're, you're laughing and tears are rolling down your cheeks, you know? So uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's amazing. I definitely think time is going to, the experience is going to be better with more time. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think, yeah. And also, you know, with, with the first volume, it was more of paying, you know, honoring and paying homage and, and tribute. So it was a, a slower, more melancholy, you know, style. And I mean, it just, just, that's just the way it unfolded. But, you know, this, we're back to that original recipe of, you know, going and blowing and shots and fireworks and, you know, where you got to watch it back 20 times because you're going to miss something. And, you know, there's all kinds of things in there. So, so yeah, we're back to that, uh, that up, more uplifting, you know, so I think, I think people will, will really dig it. Now, I, I, I'm even more excited now. What's your favorite segment that you uh, saw in the volume two that you can't wait for people yeah. to see? Well, kind of like the segment I mentioned about the song True. Hmm. Uh, some full frontal nudity going on. A little, <laughs> <laughs> a little Keystone Cops kind of, you know, action, but it's pretty funny. Uh, that one just kept us rolling like the whole time. And plus you get little surprise segments and Easter eggs in there, you know, uh, and speaking of Easter eggs, you know, don't let the credits roll by without paying attention. Cause there's some two or three hidden Easter eggs in there that, you know, if you don't watch them, you'll miss it and not know they're there. You know, of course there's, uh, uh, a really good one about, uh, plugging Pantera home video Four. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. So, nice. cause I'm, I look at it and I'm like, what in the hell were we three doing? And it's me, Philip and Dime, you know, but yeah, especially with the Pantera visors we all have on, but yeah, <laughs> it was one of those nights at the house when they were recording. So nice. Oh, that, that is going to be cool. So, uh, let me ask you this, you know, people are making, uh, holograms, of our legendary heroes. What, what is your take on that? Has anybody ever approached you about a dime bag hologram type thing? 
Um, yeah, you know, the, the guys that are doing uh, the Ronnie James Dio hologram, I, I met them uh, back at uh, Lemmy's uh, 70th birthday party here at the Whiskey. And, um, you know, and of course, I've seen the work they did with the, the Dio hologram. And, and it's, it's pretty amazing. I, uh, you know, I, I, my thoughts, you know, of course, I have a bunch of questions like, if you're the person standing on stage, like if you were Vinny and, and, and Rex and Philip, when you look over, do you actually see the hologram or, or, cause I mean, I just, I know that'd just be pretty heavy and pretty emotional, you know, to, I, I, yeah, I just don't know how, how someone would feel about that. If, if you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, I think it's really amazing. And I think it would be kind of cool to, to experience i'm you know not so sure i mean a song definitely but yeah i don't know my, but my thoughts are still kind of <laughs> i'm not quite sure i guess until you like experience it how heavy and emotional that it would be you know and i just really couldn't imagine you know how Vinny would feel being on stage you know oh 100 percent. did you actually get to see like the dio hologram uh, like live and I, I haven't seen it. So I'll no, I, I, I didn't see it live. I just saw some links that were sent to me and just watching it was just pretty amazing, you know, but you know, as far as I, I believe they're going to take that on tour, like a full tour. I, I couldn't imagine how hard that would be to play a full show along with something like that. Cause you know, gosh, anything could go wrong. And then what, what happens, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I would think it's gotta be difficult to, to play along with it or stay on time. And yeah, but it's still, it'd be really incredible for people that are big fans and never got to see or experience, you know, I totally respect that factor too, to be able to give that to somebody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand. Like for me, I, I'm so wary of the thought because I have seen, you know, right. So, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's like a different uh, take for me because I'll see it and then I'll be able to be like, it's not the same, but other people won't. Of so course, it's one of those but, things where right. I'm like, e, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you don't want to just be completely selfish. Of course, I think yeah. I would stand there and ball my eyeballs out, but I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'd probably still have a big smile on my face to be able to look at the faces on other people. But but yeah, I, yeah, that's a tough one. It's a tough question. I know. I was I was thinking about. It. Should I ask it? I'm like, I have to. Oh yeah, I know, you know it's it's in the realm of uh, a talk. It has to be because, like yeah, I said, if Dio's I mean, a success. Who's next? Yeah, please. I mean, yeah. anything you want to ask. I mean, nothing's off limits. I mean, so cool. you know, I had a good teacher when it came to Don, and like he said, man, if you just tell the truth, it ain't talking shit. So yeah, it's true. Yeah. Hey, that's a good. That's oh, I, I can hear it coming right out of his mouth. So, <laughs> so at what point did you think that Dime was most satisfied and happy in his career? Um, gosh, you know. I, I really would say highlight probably would be during Far Beyond Driven and just the success that they had with that and it being the first, you know, and going around the world. And I mean, you know, I remember when they opened for Judas Priest in, in, in Europe for the, you know, first headlining, I mean, first uh, tour in Europe. And gosh, you know, I remember him calling me from the side of the stage on gosh, like satellite phone <laughs> and, <laughs> 
And he's going, what are the words to be on the rims of death? So I'm sitting there telling him everything word for word. And I remember God, dude, get off the phone. And Daryl, <laughs> get I mean, it was so magical. And I could hear Rob singing it. So, and of course, Moscow, I mean, that, that had to be just so amazing for them, you know, when they, when they played that show and, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, just playing those, you know, it took off and starting to play those big arenas and. Yeah, I don't know. That Moscow I mean, show? I guess, yeah, yeah, the Moscow show. When you watch that thing, you can see, like, when Phil comes out and, and Diamond, everybody, you can see, like, a little bit of fear in their face. And then virtually, like, 20 seconds later, they own it. Like, you know, because they walk the power. out. And it's yeah. just, like, the goosebumps, right? That whole domination. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it like, the just... second they walk out, I'm like, they're like, whoa. Like, you can see it in their face. And then the moment happens. Yeah, and then mean... it's just magical. Yeah. That that crowd, I mm. I think still it's one of the largest crowds that's ever documented. Still, you know. Yeah, if if you can do what to what they did on that stage to that crowd, that's all you need to know. I mean that. Yeah, they, you know you, that was when they were just starting out, Cowboys yeah. from Hell. So a lot of people had never even heard of them. So so yeah. it was pretty damn cool. <laughs> so everybody better go see that if you haven't seen the Moscow show. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like twenty minutes, but do not miss that. It's black and white. I mean, it's just. Yeah, perfect. I mean, even yeah. even the other bands, you know, from ACDC, Metallica. I mean, there's some killer stuff on there. Yeah, uh, no, no, for sure. Do you have a favorite like uh, Dimebag solo on any of the songs that he's done? Mm, well, you know, I would say there's a couple things that that I dig. Uh, probably Cemetery Gates because we were tripping on shrooms when he laid that down, and me, him, and Grady, and. Uh, and it was a first take, you know, nice. <laughs> so it was pretty amazing. I remember when we woke up the next day, he's like, you know, dude, I know we were all tripping our ass off and we thought it was so kick-ass, but you know, I mean, we have to go down there and listen to that. It may not be all that, you know, and I remember him thinking that until went down and heard it and it was like, shit, it stays, you know, but, uh, and then also, the harmonics that he does on floods, you know, mm. is real sentimental to me because way back in the eighties, he had made me a 90 minute cassette tape and it was uh, a little section of his solo that he used to play all the time in the clubs. And uh, those harmonics were in there, but it would play forwards and backwards, forwards and backwards through the whole 90 minutes, you know, like then, you know, it was when you first got cassette decks that would flip over and play the backside of the tape, you know? That was like amazing technology then. So that that was my sweep tape. And then, you know, however many years later, I guess it had to be like 10, 12 years later that he uh, rehashed it and, and put it into floods. So, yeah, it's, it's every time I hear that, you know, I just get that feeling in my heart, you know. Yeah, no, that 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 track is universally, I'm pretty sure everybody. Yeah, that's that's every time I've heard. I remember when I picked up the vinyl. Uh, for Treadkill, and I, and I put it on for the first time. It, it sounded completely different to me for some reason, and I thought something mm-hmm. was wrong with it. You know, I was like, "Why? Why is it not like the same?" Whatever. And sure enough, my needle was going bad. But anyways, when I did mm-hmm. listen to it like correctly again on that vinyl, it's it's just a different take on every format, and it's just the same kind of beauty. That's you uh, know, and I yeah. I always loved how they would pan stuff in the studio, you know, side to side and on each side and down the middle, and I just loved stuff like that because you know when you were growing up and listening to vinyl and 
and putting on your headphones and you know that it, that was just the thing to get to hear all the different stuff you know it was one of my favorite things about judas priest was the way they'd pan back and forth like on hellbent for leather you know so so yeah i always like all that stuff you know i don't know if a lot of bands do that really anymore today yeah it's a different it's definitely a different it's, uh format yeah. you know so um yeah i mean most bands i think they you know kind of master it for the headphones right at this point, it's probably smart, you know, because yeah, that's, that's yeah. how people are listening. So, but you're right that different that different style, um, the classics they have all those elements. That's that's what's great about oh, it. Oh so. yeah, yeah. And now exactly. you you are now the chairman of the board for the Ride for Dime event, which is going to be uh, happening again. I'm hoping you know. Um, how did that all come about for you to become the chairman of the board? Um, you know, it just. I was already doing like some charity events called Dime Bash and mm. um, all the, the group of guys who had gotten together originally and did ride for Dime. Uh, the very first one was held in December in 2004. And so like this year will be 13 years as well. And uh, I, I, I don't know, you know, the, it's inner workings and things. I didn't really have a lot to do with that because it was fans who did that. And I just thought, you know, that was great that they wanted to pay you know tribute and, and honor him even people that hadn't met him and it was a local thing that the whole dallas fort worth community would would attend but i don't know somewhere along the way it just kind of lost its uh reasoning for or its vision for really what it should have been about and kind of became about personal gain you know and and you just trust me man i, I know i've had to learn it the hard way myself it's like that dime card's pretty, uh, pretty intense and, it, and, and you can misuse it, you know, real easy. And it just isn't a cool thing to do. And you have to be responsible with it because it holds a lot of power and it's his integrity. And, you know, he worked really hard to be who he was, even though it came naturally, but <laughs> yeah, no, but, I, I know what you're saying. But, Cause people can exploit yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and it's like you know things can you know because you get perks and things when that card's laid out and and sometimes you just don't realize you're misusing them and that's you know kind of what was happening and I think the original structure of it the the guys who had put it together were original guys were really no longer involved there was just a lot of pettiness and and just really ridiculous stuff going on so it was either it was going to have to dissolve or step in so i that's you know i decided to combine the the charity events that i was doing with dime bash with ride for dime so that we go under one 501c3 now so uh yeah actually that's what i was kind of multitasking doing today was planning uh the ride for diamond Dallas, uh, for December 8th. Cause I, I had to postpone it back in August, you know, just medical reasons, like said shit, we start getting old shit starts falling apart. So, <laughs> but, uh, it's all good. Yeah. Nice. Uh, you know, hope to see more events and, and, and around, you know, in different places too. I, I'd love to take different chapters to different areas, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's one thing that I always felt like with with like the ride for dime or or, or the dime bash. If there was a way to make it a touring thing, um, that would be a cool event. But I know the logistics and like especially 
for example, like when you brought up the Dime Bash last year, obviously we had the the mishap with with Phil. Um, <laughs> if we can call it that, not, not mishap. The, the, you know, the stupid not, moment of Phil with it, that it's Phil. It's not yeah. funny, but but yeah. Jesus, man. Yeah. Sometimes when a situation goes down, uh, to get through it, you got to have a little humor just to, you know. Uh, deal with everything but you know that that's a, a tough pair of shoes to wear to have to better yourself from a situation like that but you know i got faith in philip i've seen that man rise from worse ashes yeah and know? that's something and i was gonna say you accepted he's doing yeah yeah he's doing really well i know the last time i saw him he'd lost a lot of weight he uh, was really focused and and I'm, I'm pretty proud he's taking those steps you know yeah, you accepted his apology for, I mean, his really bad judgment, like we mentioned at Dime Bash uh, last year. Uh, and the event was such a great celebration with so oh, many definitely, people definitely. that participated, I mean, in the rock and metal community. Um, does it bother you that that overshadowed kind of the event with negative press because of what Phil did? Well, you know, like Gene Simmons used to say back in the day, uh, no press is bad press. I mean, more people know the name Don Bash now, but um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I really hated that that happened. And, you know, I, I also wouldn't want to wear the shoes, you know, of Rob Flynn either. Mm. I mean, you know, the, he was supposed to be a close friend and, and a brother. And I just felt that that was really handled very poorly. I mean, them being friends and respect for each other. I just didn't understand why he didn't bring that to be a man, bring that to him face to face. Like you should have, you know, and, and it, it was really, you know, I, I lost some friends, you know, through that whole, whole thing. But, uh, I just can only hope that both, you know, have, have learned from a mistake and, and can something good can come out of it for both of them, you know? Uh, but as far as the event, yeah, man, there's some pretty kick-ass stuff in it. And you'll actually see a, a little bit uh, in Dime Vision too, you know, just to see, you know, some of the characters that we had uh, jamming that were just awesome. Nice. So, you know, ho hopefully, like I said, we'll just keep, you know, getting a pull and moving along and, has that caused any issue with doing the Dime Bash? Like, in the future, you said you're going to do it with Rhyme, Ride, Ride for Dime this year, right? You're going to put them together? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, you know, um, I think a lot of people, especially in today's world, know that it, you know, was not... The event. It was the person, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, people can separate, you know, a great event from from a mistake. and um, And, yeah, I... I mean, yeah, of course, everybody had a really rough time uh, with it, you know, at first, but time has passed. And, and like I said, people realize and, and, and it does take time, you know, to see someone taking a step in the right direction, you know, to better themselves. And yeah, and, you know, that's happened and people see that. And so, yeah, I, I don't feel that we will have a problem with anything, you know, past that now. Good. Now nah, I, I I don't foresee it either. Uh, like I said, I think you're very right where you can separate the event from from like the individuals' mistakes. You know, I think a lot of yeah, people do, yeah. and, and that's some. And that's the one thing that did bother me when it happened. I'm like, why there? You know, like why at some celebration yeah. <laughs> is this what's just, getting I, the I press? I really you know? don't. Yeah, I don't know how things got sideways. Yeah. I mean, it just all happened so fast. No and, doubt. And, yeah. yeah. 
But uh, overall, it was such a great time. I mean, I know that was the first event that Philip had done for Dime. And I know that was really emotional for him because it was pretty heavy for us both, you know, at first when we were in the back and, and talking and discussing some things that were personal to both of us that we've not really had a chance to do. And, and you know, we both teared up. We both were crying. We both, you know, and those are things that people don't know that that was going on so of course that just led to too much hard liquor too quick and yeah and it just yeah got out of hand and yeah i don't just yeah <laughs> like and, i said yeah i just I, I didn't actually see the person who was heckling the stage and you know yelling stuff at the time i, I had heard earlier in the night that that same group of individuals and person had uh, done the same thing to Rob Flynn when he was telling a story on stage and Rob had told him to shut up. But yeah, I, I really couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are two of the most commanding front men. When they tell you to shut up, you're like, okay, you know, Phil and Rob, I was like, <laughs> I, I won't say another word guys. You know, th those guys definitely have that, that presence. And, and from a fan's perspective who obviously loves the whole community and the world, you know, f of their music, it's just like, that's the most important thing for like someone for me. I do want to see Phil and Rob, be cool again. I want to see, you know, I, you know? I like I said, it, it should have been a face to face immediately. Uh, it should have been addressed, but I, yeah, I wouldn't want to walk in his shoes either. I mean, cause you know, that face to face will happen one day it's inevitable. Yeah. So hell no, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. And the, um, <laughs> there's just no telling which way that might go. <laughs> I'm hoping for the best. I hope that everybody's an adult. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing that like, uh, like it, it, like if this tragedy never occurred, uh, with dime, is there any doubt in your mind that Pantera wouldn't be active right now in touring the world? You know, there's not because yeah. I know I, I believe they'd be standing side by side on stage. No problem at all. I mean, of course, there'd probably be other chaos created, but, uh, <laughs> you know, their history. And uh, but no, I I know that Daryl had already taken steps on his birthday, August 20th, 2004, to speak with Rex on the phone. And, you know, and it, it was a little heated and it was emotional. But he still he didn't hang up, you know, and he had made plans to talk with him again. He wasn't happy with what was going on internally with, you know, uh, the singer of Damage Plan. And and, uh, and like he said, in his heart, he would always be Pantera. That's what he knew. So I have no doubt. I know how forgiving he is. I mean, I myself personally have been in that hot seat and he forgave me. Uh, you know, just like he had forgiven other members of his family for things. And I just know he's the most forgiving person that I know. And I think uh, he would look in Philip's eyes and see the Philip that he knows, not not that other person that we didn't know. Yeah, no, I have no doubt, too. Uh, that's what I, I always say to myself. I'm like, if this just didn't happen, there was no doubt in the mind. I'm in Las Vegas, so. There's this T-Mobile ah. arena we got out here where we got some hockey team, and I'm like, every time I drive by it, for some reason, I'm like, that's where Pantera will play if they were still active <laughs> right now. I would be seeing them instead of Guns I was there back when, yeah, when they played the Thomas and Matt. Oh, yeah, I was there with Slayer. And got ba and got banned uh, from that. And it was typo negative. I oh, that was, yeah. 
that I saw yeah. that that was an Ozfest with type. Yeah. Oh no 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 after, that was ninety six. Yeah, I was no, yeah, it, it was just them. Yeah, and yeah. after that show, it was like uh, yeah, it was Pantera headlining and Typo was on the bill. But you know, just the pranks and stuff they all did for each other. That being the last show, it just yeah, yeah they. <laughs> yeah they weren't allowed to play there anymore <laughs> i saw him i'll never forget this and i mean we can do pantera stories i'm sure for a long time but it was black sabbath pantera and i believe incubus opened for him this is like 96 and it was at the thomas and mac and i remember it was black sabbath just did their first 97 maybe i'm not sure on the exact year but black yeah sabbath, yeah i think, I think you're 97 98 i think you're right yeah and they just did the reunion tour and they had folding chairs on the f- mm. on the f- on the lower floor and like incubus just played and obviously nothing happened and then i was just thinking in my mind because i was actually like in the seats on the on the uh arena i wasn't on the floor and i'm like the second pantera comes out these chairs will not be sitting there <laughs> and sure enough <laughs> yeah why would you think to do that <laughs> all i saw was folding chairs flying everywhere and security guards and like yellow shirts right around you <laughs> like lost <laughs> I'm like, okay, I understand Black Sabbath is an older band, but come on, this is going to happen. So it was one of yeah, my one of those moments where I'm like, I wish I got to throw a folding chair right there, you know? And then you saw <laughs> all these poor people get like dragged out and they didn't get to see Sabbath. And I'm like, all right, I would have been one of those people. So I'm glad I wasn't there. But that that was, uh, you just knew what to do. You know, oh, yeah. you oh, knew yeah. what to do. Pantera's <laughs> taking the stage. I know what to do right now. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and that's that's the main thing is that I think we all know that if 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 Dime was here, Pantera would be I think a little more active. I think a, a little not a little more active would be active, and we'd be getting more. I, I, and more, I believe so too. You know? you know, and and I know Vinny and Daryl stood by each other, and Daryl was you know that he was that person that if he if you mattered to him, he found a way to work things out. You know, it may have taken some time and time may have needed to go by, but when you matter to him, you know, that's, that's just what he did. He, he made sure that, yeah, he yeah. fixed things. He was the fixer, you know? Yeah. And then, I mean, Vinny's out here in Vegas with us. And I mean, every time yeah. I see the guy, he's just the, the nicest guy. He buys us shots. Like, you know, I remember going to Iron Maiden and he's right there at the bar and he just bought all my friends shots. I mean, he's, he is really like. He respects the fans and he treats them great. And I know Phil and Rex do the same. And and uh, that's kind of the only, like I said, same with the my mind. The way it works, I just want to see a picture of those three smiling together. I don't, yeah, I, I don't want to see anything else. You know, I just I want I want there to be peace in this short life. That's all I want. You know. So. Yeah, you know, it's it's a heavy burden when you carry around something that hurtful inside. Yeah. I mean, I I know it is, and and yeah. I, I agree. I, I think it could be uh, really healing. Yeah, then that's yeah. and that's 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 my goal. If I can be selfish here, <laughs> <laughs> but my other goal is on November twenty fourth to pick up Dime Vision Volume Two. I am stoked uh, yeah, about yeah. it because I didn't even I, I forgot about it, and then when the news came out, I was like, "What? What? What?" You know, I got really really excited about it. and i think a lot of oh, people cool, were like that cool. because of the delay you know you just kind of forget about things uh, along oh the way. yeah totally yeah. like i said it's like we just didn't even time just got away you know and next thing you know it's like oh shit and it's, it's been that long hey <laughs> but you know that's another thing too people can you know we started a pledge music campaign and you can go there for pre-orders right now 
and I'm about to put some other really cool stuff, stage clothes and, you know, personal items of Daryl's that you'll be able to get there as well. So, I mean, there's still, I think, a few props and things left, but, uh, yeah, we're about to reload it again. So, awesome. please, yeah. So it's the Pledge please Music? Please go there. And, yeah, it's at Pledge Music. I think it's forward slash, uh, pledgemusic.com forward slash projects forward slash Don Vision too, or of course you can look under artists for Don Bag Daryl, and you'll find the campaign there too. But it's definitely taken pre-orders. We've got a couple of really cool packages, you know, photo book that type of stuff. So I think people will really dig it. You know, I I, I hope they get out and support because that this will determine if we get to put that next volume out. Yeah, know? that's the, that's the next question. So volume three, there's enough material for a volume three, correct? Oh gosh, yeah, there's yes. enough material for fifty volumes, but. <laughs> We're going to hold you to that. <laughs> yeah, and we really want to see that Pantera 4 come to light, the light of day next year, too. So, Oh, that that would be amazing. That would be amazing for all us fans. Oh, yeah. That's for, that's for oh, sure. Yeah. So, uh, Rita, it's been yeah. such an honor to talk to you. I love talking Dime. I love talking Pantera. As any metalhead, it's just a foundation to us you know to have these conversations and, and and with people that knew him so uh from the from all of us at the metal sucks podcast i want to thank you so much for calling and giving us the oh, time no thank you guys so much for all your support for Don and, and Vinny and the other guys i mean thank you
The Metal Sucks Podcast.
guys. So uh, the songs we played for you guys, uh, first one is off the new Annihilator record. The song is called Twisted Lobotomy. Their 16th record came out a little while ago. It's called For the Demented. I love it. I am a fan of Annihilator, um, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are out there as well. But this record, I don't think you guys should miss out on this one. It's it's just they really outdid themselves for it. Um, as you can hear in that song, dude, just a tasty lick. And then the next song we played is the latest from I Will Never. Like Machine Head has always been one of my favorite bands. Their always. Last, their last four records I as long as I've known Pete, stop listening to, and I never will. Like Bloodstone and Diamonds, all the way back to uh, Through the Ash of the Empires. Those four records, I think, are like a uh, uh, is like a a second era of like the metal records we needed at the time to to keep the genre moving. So the new record is called I can't even say this word catharsis catharsis. Catharsis. It sounds sounds about right. No, it's it's catharsis. That's something like that. I, I can never say that word, bro. I remember it was an Anthrax song. Was yeah, like, you got to hear this on catharsis. Yeah, catharsis. <laughs> it fickle fickle fessin. I'm I'm sorry, man. But anyways, Invisin. it it comes out uh, January 26, 2018. That is the first single beyond the pale, and um, he's been promoting like Rob Flynn has been promoting that the record is not gonna sound like the previous ones, and that it's gonna be less heavy and all that stuff. And and um, even though, like I said, I'm pre-ordering, it, I don't really care. How do you feel when an artist kind of I guess downsells what they've been great at and saying, Hey, this is completely different. That's it. It scares you. It scares, it scares me, you. dude. Like when you, listen, when I heard this song, I was like, Oh well, man, he, I, yeah, it, it I mean, didn't hit me. No. Like when you hear that song, you're like, this is not what I know from machine head. And granted, again, they're one of those bands that's always trying to do something new. Yes, well, this is fucking new for them, yeah. but it's not new for our ears like we've heard stuff like this this is yeah this, it definitely sounds like look man we got to record a song what do you want to do you know it, it's i'm not saying i don't know it's just i'm an album listener so i'm not judging anything by that track i'm buying the record and i'm gonna listen to the whole thing uh and i'm gonna see where i'm at but like as a first taste like you're right it does kind of because i never dude i hated it when Metallica got slammed for Sin Anger or Morbid Angel got slammed when, when they go too far left and it didn't work out. Even what happened with Suicide Silence last year, I thought it was like, I'm like, I hate it. I hate it when I see that happen to bands. Right. I'm because scared shitless that's going to happen to Machine Head. Well, because what happens I don't want to see that. What I don't like seeing is people that don't know what the fuck they're doing when it comes to metal. They, they don't know how to play a G chord on a guitar, mm-hmm. you know, and they're over here pretending like they know metal. No, you know what you like, fuckface. Yeah. That's all you know. You only know what you like and you're trying to tell everyone else what to like and then meanwhile you're trying to discourage an artist from expanding outside of their comfort zone and that's what makes great artists that's what makes and there's some albums out there that are but this goes back favorite but this goes back to your comfort zone thing where it's like if they're not ready for it and if they don't know what to expect they get angry and I think Rob Flynn's made me ready for it because he's really in interviews been straight up about it like hey this is not your uh Typical Machine Head record, but like I'm still nervous. Well, all I'm saying is, is like when you say something like this isn't your typical Machine Head record, it's like, well, what is a typical Machine Head record? That's another thing. I completely don't think the last four all sound different to me. You know, uh, unto the Locust to to Bloodstone and Diamonds, whatever they're completely different records. You know, through the ashes, completely different to Blackening. They're all different to me, but they're all. The, the the energy and and, and the and, attitude and the attitude and all the stuff that I want to hear from them are 
are in those in spades. The songwriting skills, the dual guitar, uh, but this all one, that stuff. This, this, one ha- this one has the dual guitar like solos, sounds like which is it great, was but- trying to be radio friendly in a way. You know, yeah. I mean, granted, it's it's still hard for radio. I mean, I work at radio, so it's yeah. like I wouldn't I wouldn't expect to see this on the radio station. Yeah. But I mean, it definitely sounds. It's like, not Shine Down, but it's friendlier than it sounds. A little more commercial than yeah. what I, than what we would ever expect. I mean, when you listen to those albums that you just mentioned from yeah. Machine Head, like when you listen to those albums, you're like, there's no way this is going to be a commercial vibe, Dude, and that had a commercial vibe to it. I was driving up here, and Game Over came on on my my iPod, and I was like, oh. Dude, that song is so just amazing. And then, like I said, I'm like, I'm, I hope I have something of that. Anyway, so you guys comment on it. You tell us what you think. We know you're doing that on MetalSucks.net. I know they're doing that. Uh, but uh, definitely don't hesitate. Trust Rob Flynn. Trust Machine Head. They don't let us down. Definitely pre-order the record like I'm doing. And then we'll have a, a real discussion when we hear it in its entirety. But uh, as of everything else, guys, we will talk to you guys Next week, we want to thank Rita so much for uh, you know giving us the phone call. And don't forget this Friday, Dime Vision Volume 2. Pre-order it today. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.